Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of I Am Essence, where we share tips and feature incredible guests who help us transform and align into our best selves. Today, we are going to touch upon a fun topic, or at least a fun topic that I think you guys are going to enjoy and hopefully benefit from, especially my singles out there, dating, matchmaking, and finding the love of your life. We have the holidays approaching, and this time of year can sometimes bring up a lot of emotions. So today, we have matchmaker and dating expert Dr. Holly here with us. Dr. Holly helps conscious single men and women find the love of their dreams. With a doctorate in clinical psychology, she founded Find Love at Last in 2014 to empower you to find the love you've been dreaming of and has been a matchmaker, coach, image consultant for almost over nine years. She brings more than 15 years of rich personal dating experience before finding the wonderful man who she's been happily married to. She's based in San Francisco, California, and works with clients all around the world. Let's welcome Dr. Holly on today's episode. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm, I am so excited to chat with you um, all about your experience and what led you into your own career path and dating, matchmaking, the whole nine yards. Before we start, I just want to share a funny story. So when I was growing up, one of my favorite shows was Millionaire Matchmaker. So growing up, that was always a career path that I wanted to pursue. It didn't go that way, but I just ad- I really admire um, anyone in this particular field. So thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I've seen the show, so I... <laughs> It's highly entertaining. Exactly. Isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun today. Absolutely. So, before you started working as a matchmaker and dating coach, you were a psychologist. Uh, so, what what interested you in the field of psychology? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's just kind of intrinsic. It's always been there. Um, you know, funny funny story. I was just reminded this week of. Mm-hmm my high school counselor who asked me, I don't know, maybe my junior year, what my ambitions were for life, who I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I very enthusiastically told her I wanted to be an interior decorator. Mm -hmm. And she kind of disapprovingly looked at me and said, I think you're slated for being a counselor, just like her. And um, I guess I took that to heart because I went off to college Mm -hmm. and halfway through decided I was going to be a therapist and was looking at grad school. So yeah, I think helping people has always been, you know, important to me. Absolutely. And I shared very similar values and Mm -hmm. no matter what career path, when I was going through, through, I guess, life in general, uh, even in college, I would always reflect upon my why and what I am passionate about and helping people and having them being able to become the best version of themselves possible was something that... Um, I was just always reminded of. So in your in your career as um, a dating coach, matchmaker, do you feel that when you take on clients, do you walk them through the process of becoming the best version of themselves? Or would you rather work with them at that point where they are already in that transformative state? Yeah, great, great question. I work with people at both points. Mm-hmm. So um I have a masterclass, Love at Last masterclass that I created to actually help people, 
you know, go from where they are to where they want to be. Yeah. And part of that journey is self-love. Absolutely. Becoming their best because we attract our best when we're at our best, yeah. you know? And yeah. so you know, I think we all can relate to not being at our best version at some point in our lives. And if we think about who we might've attracted at that point versus when we are at our best version, it's a very different type of partner, yeah. right? So always optimal to attract the one I say we have to become the one. Yes. I love that so much. So was there any particular experience that propelled you into the career as a matchmaker? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a, it was a journey to get here for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm a psychologist working with victims of crime for a number of years, went straight through from kindergarten to doctorate, got a bit burnout working with that <laughs> caseload, super meaningful and wonderful work, yeah. but also really intense. And so I took a step back and I went into executive search, which is what mm -hmm. I had done as I worked my way through graduate school. So I was pairing top talent with corporations and startups in Silicon Valley. And I did that for quite a few years. It was lucrative, but not that meaningful, honestly, yep. for me. And so when I eventually got laid off, I thought, okay, this is my opportunity to really like find my calling, you know? And I, you know, having done so much education and not yet knowing my calling felt untethered and unsettling. And so I'm a multi-passionate woman and I pursued mm -hmm. all of my passions and it took me to Africa twice and lots of other paths. And being a dating coach was kind of the thing that I most wanted to do, but, um, you know, it was the last thing that I tried mm -hmm. and I too had seen millionaire matchmaker, like we talked about. Yep. And I kind of, in the back of my mind was like, you know, I think I could do that. And so I set out in 2014 and started this business, find love at last as a dating coach. And, um, because you asked why, so for many reasons, but one is I was always more interested in people's personal lives yes. and their professional lives. I just was. And, and I think too, because finding love was like my greatest desire on this planet. And mm -hmm. so it just kind of was a natural fit. And then a couple of years in, I had a business advisor suggest I get into matchmaking mm -hmm. and been doing it now for what, seven and a half years. I love that. That is so beautiful. So when you are working with clients, do you use a lot of your professional experience as a psychologist throughout your coaching practice? Yes, yes, definitely. I can't imagine doing it without that education. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm sure it makes it a lot easier when um, picking the right, the right partner or to partner clients up with each other. So can you walk mm -hmm. us through what that experience is like? Yeah. So, um, you know, the one thing that we often don't know is who's going to make the best partner for us. And we think we know, like we're really clear on what we want, but we're not that clear on what we need. Uh, and absolutely. <laughs> I, I could not agree on that more. Yes. And, and the culture kind of tells us what we want. We're mm -hmm. socialized. We yes. want a certain type yep. of person. Or even right? social media. For sure. And Hollywood and yep. like all of these different yep. factors. Right. And so we all kind of go after the same type of man often, you know, and um, so I think it's good to date against our type. Mm -hmm. We often have a type, you know, men and women, and to just kind of expand your horizons, um, but also get really intentional about who would really make a good match for you. And 
a lot of times the best way to figure that out is to look to your past because everyone from your past, right? You're the common denominator, but also um, there's like a lot of rich information there about what has worked because there's parts of every relationship that works or you wouldn't be together or have been together and there's parts that didn't work. And so letting those things inform you moving forward about what will work. So we use that to really drill down on uh, who will make the best match for you. And um, I'm a values-based matchmaker. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that we need to share values with our, our partner because values tend not to change yes. over time. Yep. Absolutely. We tend to make our decisions and our goals. And so we need those things aligned to really, to really forge a lasting partnership. Yes. And I feel that values are always going to be stemmed from childhood or it's something mm-hmm. that is instilled that our parents pretty much gift us with. Um, yeah. I know from like family is something that is extremely important to me. I come from a very old school Italian family. <laughs> so having those family values is something that's always been instilled in my day-to-day life. Uh, but also you mentioned that with your with your dating coach practice, you do take a, a, a spiritual transformative approach. So what does that aspect of the practice look like? Yeah, great question. Um, Well, I really think that in order to find soulmate love, Mm -hmm. that it's really a spiritual journey. And it's not always easy. And it can be a roller coaster. And it can be painful, you know, to be attached and to love people that ultimately aren't our right partner. And so it's it's really a journey of the soul and spirit. And, um, you know, so much of it is where we place our faith and what beliefs we carry with us. Because I tell my clients, I said, we can do everything else right, but if your beliefs aren't aligned to what you ultimately want, Mm -hmm. you're gonna sabotage our efforts, you know? So self-worth is critical. Critical and what we place our faith in. Yes, it's so true. So when you do work with clients, do you walk them through a process to become the best version of themselves, whether that be through meditation or trying to find the self-limiting beliefs that they are holding on to. So do you allow them an opportunity to dive deep to find either the root cause or um, I guess an opportunity to find that root cause or to find where they do stem from? Yeah, definitely. That's all part of the master class. Mm-hmm. It's a 90 day program. Yes. That, um, where we delve really deep into where the beliefs came from, what we believe, which beliefs matter. Yes. Um, and, and what we would rather believe, because there's often limiting beliefs that we're holding on to that we actually wouldn't choose, but we kind of have them anyway. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to kind of unearth to get to where we want to go and to replace those with things we would actually prefer to believe. Exactly. So what would you say some of, so what would you say are some of the biggest hurdles that singles do struggle with today or any obstacles that a lot of your clients do face? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest obstacles is people not knowing what to look for, like how to pick their perfect partner. Um, and the thing is, you know, it's it's not unlike going to the airport and saying, I want to go on a trip. Yep. And but I don't know when I want to go and I don't know where I want to go. And in order for the universe to really show up for you, 
you have to be clear about what you want. And if you're not clear about what you want, it's not going to show up for you. So the, the more clear and intentional that we can be as to who will be a great partner for you, the easier it will be for the universe to manifest that for us. So how would you recommend us to get clear on what exactly we want? What are some of your favorite practices? Mm. Well, I have what I call my VIP matchmaking worksheets. And so we drill really deep on all the seemingly superficial things like mm -hmm. hair color, eye color, height, all the things that like, you know, are going to bring that physical chemistry and attraction. Exactly. <laughs> and that's important. But it's, um, you asked about some of the mistakes that people make. Yeah, that's one that's of them. True. Yeah, that's one of them in that, and I think, you know, Hollywood and social media and all of this is probably um, the culprit, but we tend to overvalue looks and we tend to undervalue character. So that said, looks are still important, right? We're still <laughs> yep. in this human, you know, experience. So so that's important too, right? And, and a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, don't judge me or, oh, this doesn't sound, you know, this sounds silly, but this is important to me type of thing. So there's no judgment, you know, no judgment zone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we look at the hair color, eye color, height, ethnicity, education, geography, you know, all of those yeah. kind of demographics. But then we also do a values inventory. We look at personality attributes. We look at activities. We look at a boatload of things. I mm -hmm. think there's seven or eight different um, worksheets that I have my clients do. And by the end of that, it's really clear about one, who they are. Exactly. And two, will complement them, you know, and what's worked in the past and what hasn't. And mm -hmm. we take all of that together and we create a dating profile for them and basically create their ideal partner uh, profile. That's so beautiful. And I feel that through that whole process, they're also getting a chance and opportunity to love themselves even more so, which at the end of the day, that's what really does matter. I mean, yes, we all want to achieve that ultimate love of a soulmate, but before we can find that person, we have to love ourselves at the end of the day. Completely, completely. And yeah, 100%. The most important relationship that you ever have is with yourself exactly because we and, oh, yeah. sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> we're just vibing here exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah because how we feel about ourselves affects what we will and won't tolerate from yep. someone else right? exactly and, and as women we often give away our power and we don't even know it Yes, that it's so true. I um, I still live at I still live at home. Um, I'll be twenty five actually next week, which is crazy. But just being able to work from home, um, once I did graduate college and moving back home, I see my parents in a completely different life or in a completely different light um, than how I did back when I was ten, growing up and going through grade school. And it's the whole perspective has completely changed. In a good way, in a good way. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, how we feel about ourselves affects what we will and won't tolerate from someone else. And I mean, that has everything to do yeah. with relationships and who we will pick and who we won't and who we feel worthy of and who we don't. And then at the end of the day, we're the ones that are showing up to achieve our goals. So we have to really just own who we are, step into our power and 
become that best version of ourselves. So when you do see clients, how much of yourself do you see in your clients day to day? Mm. <laughs> I've never been asked that before. Great question. Yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of the time, you know, because I too went through this journey. That's yeah. another one of my whys, right? I mean, I dated since I was 17 and I had some really wonderful men in my life and I had some really not so wonderful men in my yep. life. And been there too. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, I was a serial monogamist mm-hmm. and I, you know, was in long-term relationships and, um, you know, after the last not so wonderful man in my life, I really drew a line in the sand and I said, no more. And, and so I really got serious about doing my inner work mm-hmm. and became even more discerning um, and did a lot of, um, I basically did my master class before I had a master class in about eight months. Uh-huh. Now I've kind of shrunk it down to three months <laughs> for other people. But um, yeah, I took, I didn't know, I wrote men off for the first time in my life. I mm-hmm. never thought I would do that but it was really more to focus on myself and to create what I most wanted. And I knew that in order to co-create that I needed to get me right or more right. And um, so I I wasn't sure if I was writing men off for six weeks or months or years. I I really didn't care at that point. I just, um, it was like the ultimate self-care. And after eight months, I had written a poem that was super cathartic. It took mm-hmm. me two months to actually wordsmith. And, and so at the end of those eight months, I wrote the poem. I had it all ready and I reached out to a friend of mine. It was way outside my comfort zone, but I thought, you know, I really want to perform this at a spoken word event. Yep. And yet I was, I was not a public speaker, not comfortable in that setting, but for whatever reason, that was what I felt compelled to do. I reached out to a friend of mine because I didn't want to do it alone and said, Hey, let's go do this. You know, are you interested? And he said, yeah. And so we did that. And I actually never read the poem publicly, but that man became my husband. Oh my gosh. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. We've been together eight years now. And yeah. So the poem led me from my former life to my current. It was the bridge. That is absolutely beautiful. So what is your piece of advice for anyone that is in that? um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm at like a loss of words. That that, that story is just so beautiful. (laughs) Um, But what, what would your advice be to anyone that is in that, that vibration of feeling lack or especially right now, even going into the holiday season where we start to bring up all of those emotions, either that be from the past uh, or feeling lack or not having that person to do all the the romantic things with. So what would you advise them? Well, I'm a big Oprah fan and what's coming to me right now is pay attention to your life. Mm Mm-hmm. She often says, pay attention to your life. And I did. I never wanted to repeat the same experience again. I always felt like that would be a waste of life and life is short. And so Mm -hmm. let's not do this again. So I think leaning into your feelings, 
there's a lot of wisdom in our feelings and in our culture, we're often so on the go and getting things done on our list. But I think really um, there's so much wealth of information in our feelings and we need to learn to trust them, positive feelings, negative feelings. Mm -hmm. And um, we can't be afraid of our feelings and we can't be afraid of our past. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people who are still kind of stuck in their past or Mm -hmm. certain experiences. And um, what I want your listeners to know is that my belief is that there are no failed relationships except for the ones we don't take the lessons from. Yes. Right? It is so true. I feel that when we meet people, we are either there to teach them or they're here to teach us. And again, that also goes with learning that lesson where if you don't learn that lesson from that person, you're going to keep repeating that pattern until you overcome it. Yes. Yes. Everyone is either a blessing or a lesson. lesson. (laughs) Yeah. So, so so, true. Yeah. We weren't intended to... um, to carry pain from past relationships. And once we actually take the lesson, the pain dissolves. That was the only point, right? And the pain just keeps us stuck in the past until we get that lesson and and then we do, and then we can move forward all the wiser, you know, and make better choices moving forward. That's all, that's all your pain is intended to do. Exactly. We're here to, and we're here to love and spread love. And that's, that's, what's meaningful at the end of the day. Yes. And it all starts right here with us. (laughs) Absolutely. So I always ask two last questions at the end of each interview. So the first one is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given that you do want to share here? Um, I'm thinking back to graduate school um, in my family therapy class. And the assignment was, it was rather vague and yet it was really powerful. And so our assignment that week was to do something different. And so I think we so often do the same things over and over, but I think so few people actually invest in themselves, you know, or we say we want love, but we aren't willing to do anything different or hire a coach or Mm -hmm. take a class. Like, you know, if I, if I ran the zoo and I created curriculum for high school and colleges There'd be far more relationship oriented Mm -hmm. classes, you know, because the Harvard study, longitudinal study shows us that our quality of life is mostly based on the quality of our relationships. Yes. I, I 100% agree with that. Yes. So if we want that and we don't have classes for that, I created one, um, but you know, taking a class, um, we often say we're ready to date, but are we prepared to date? Most people aren't. No. And if we want more than we've ever had before, we often have to do something different in order to get it. Absolutely. And then the last question is, how do you define essence and what makes up your own essence? Mm. Wow. Ending on a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> what is essence? I don't know. I think of essence as soul, Mm -hmm. like someone's essence is their soul. And what was the last question? What makes up your own essence? Uh, Oh, I think it's just, uh, I think when we align our soul with our personality, that is really when we have authentic power 
over ourselves and our lives. And yeah, I think that's our essence. Absolutely. And then we're able to let our inner beauty truly shine through. Cause that's, that's what, that's where beauty is. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so I would love if you could share all of your information on how our audience can reach you. Definitely. So you can find me at findloveatlast.com. That's my website. Um, I also have a Facebook group for conscious singles. It's called Conscious Singles from Single to Soulmate on Facebook. Those are probably the two best places to reach me. And then um, I'd love to offer your listeners, the first five people who reach out to me, happy to offer them a dating success call with me. Complimentary. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this. You're so welcome. Thank you. It was such a pleasure getting a chance to chat with you. You are such a sweetheart. Oh, so are you. Thank so you. Are you. Thank you. Thank you all so much today for joining us on our last episode of season one here on I Am Essence. Guys, it has been such a fun and wild ride joining us on our first ever season. So I want to thank you all again for joining us. Thank all of our incredible guests and a huge, huge, huge thank you to our producer, Keith. He is doing all of the amazing work behind the scenes. So we got to give a round of applause to him. But we will see you all very soon for a very fun season two. What we are working on, you guys are going to absolutely love. So don't forget to tune in on all of your favorite podcast platforms here on I Am Essence. And don't forget to step into your power, build your empire, and transform beauty on every level possible. 